Hey, beloved, I am so happy you found this community, and I want you to know you belong here. Welcome to the Own Your Intuition podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Rich. I'm an international intuitive soul reader, psychic medium, herbalist, energy medicine practitioner, and educator. I work with people all over the world with my online events, courses, retreats, and my bespoke one-on-one intuitive readings and mentorships. I want to empower you and educate you to trust yourself and own your intuition so you can truly step into your power and really own your gifts as a self-healer. You can schedule your next session with me or register for an upcoming event, course, or retreat at my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at kellyrichintuitive. Today, I have Emily Glasser on the Own Your Intuition podcast, and I have been really looking forward to this conversation, um, interview a little bit, conversation more so. Emily is going to talk to you today about Jyotish astrology and is also going to be giving a, we'll say mini reading, mini Jyotish astrology reading for me. And she's going to talk more about that too. But Emily, hello, welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Hi, Kelly. Yes, really good to be here. My name is Emily, and I've been an astrologer at Jyotishi for um, 10 years. I would say, well, that's when the, the study like officially started. And I've been reading and interpreting astrology charts for, I would say, the last seven years, definitely. Um, it's been a huge part of my life and my inspiration and really feeling good about being here today and, and sharing some of this light with you all. Me too. I know there's a lot of people who listen to the Own Your Intuition podcast who love astrology and use astrology. And I might not use correct terminology because I do, I'm not an astrologer by any means. I was telling Emily right before we started recording that I tend to, you know, I've had readings in the past, astrology readings in the past, and have also, you know, really plunged myself into more, again, I don't know if this is correct language, but mainstream astrology. And it's as if I read it and then I lose it. It's like I immediately can't retain it or hold it. And I'm not usually that way with a lot of things. I feel like with astrology, that's more my thing. And I, I, when I tune in intuitively of like, what is this? Why, why is this my experience? I feel like I do have some resistance on some level with astrology. And then also like, it could just be, it's not my lifetime to really um, hold all of the information, but would you be willing to talk about like, what is the difference between Jyotish astrology and the more, again, I don't know if this is correct, but mainstream astrology? Absolutely, Kelly. Yeah. So, you know, what I would say about that, yeah, I think mainstream is is one way. I, I refer to it as like Western astrology. Mm. So essentially all the great civilizations um, had a practice of reading the stars, right? So we have, you know, a form of Chinese astrology. There's the, the Mayans had an astrology system um, and the Greeks had an astrology system, which I think is the 
astrology that we're more familiar with, the, the Western form of astrology uh, that, you know, people have a connection to in, in their daily life. Um, and this practice, Jyotish, is the, the system of astrology that came from India and, and the Vedic times. So I think through a culture's uh, consciousness, essentially, they had a way of describing and understanding the, the star patterns and what that means for us. But what I always say to people is that a good astrologer, regardless of what system they're coming from, should essentially tell you the same thing, right? They may say it, you know, with different, um, using different terminology slightly or with different, you know, myths or stories, but, um, you know, we would all be reading the same sky pattern and that should come forward with the, the same information. You know, as far as, as Vedic astrology and this, this form of, um, you know, we've referred to it as, as Indian astrology, Jyotish, right? It's, it's known in um, India, especially, as, as one of the, the greatest of the divination arts, because as some people do understand, um, you know, the culture of India is, is very esoteric, right? And they've got a lot that they work with as far as, you know, understanding the human reality and, and helping people develop in their, their consciousness and, you know, essentially their, their evolution in this, you know, incarnation. And yet Jyotish is definitely highly regarded, um, for the most part, I would say, by um, by people of India today, as a very valid system of information. How do you feel like this system of astrology can empower others? Well, I feel that. Um, you know, astrology in, in general, um, and this system certainly can really help us to rediscover our natural path or our natural trajectory in life. And so essentially everything that arises in the universe, every thought, every emotion, um, you know, anything you can touch or see, smell, feel has a certain trajectory, a, a unique expression. And through reading, um, you know, the energy of the stars or the cosmos, it teaches us how to make the most of our, our destiny, if you want to call it that, um, you know, how to really identify in our life what the energy is supportive of. Because there's times we can see this through reading an astrology chart that there's times in a person's life where they are just supported in one way or another, like towards, it might be a really good, for example, a really good moment in your life to really focus on your career, right? Because the way the stars are aligning, that that's just going to be the most productive um, use of your energy at that given time. And then I, in another moment, it might be a really good time to, to focus on love and focus on developing your, your relationship or finding a relationship. And so I feel that astrology really helps us to be efficient <laughs> with our, our energy and, um, you know, 
assists us in the realization of, of happiness. And, you know, for people who are interested in the unfolding of, you know, our, our spiritual consciousness, um, how we can best work with our degrees of, of compassion and, and harmony, you know, within our lives. So I feel that it can also show us our limitations and show us where we need to, you know, perhaps work a little harder if, if it is an area in our life that we really want to, you know, create change and manifest that there's certain gifts and certain talents that a person comes through um, with in their life. And, and that might be an easier path for them to take and walk. Um, and that the areas of, of obstacle and the areas of challenge are going to just require a different effort, so to speak. Do you feel like astrology can sometimes hold people back too? Because I definitely have, you know, I've heard, I hear people all the time say, well, I'm not going to do that because it's mercury retrograde or it's a full moon. So I'm doing this instead of that. And I feel like there can be some rigidity when it comes. I mean, just like with anything. I definitely feel that people can start to, um, get caught up in superstition, <laughs> which is that idea of, yes, like, you know, the fact that, you know, Mercury retrograde is a time that everybody on the planet is going to have communication problems. Um, and so therefore you wouldn't want to, yeah, be involved with technology or, you know, making decisions like that at, during a time like that, that's definitely superstition. And, um, I don't know, Kelly, it's a, you know, I think it's a really fine line for us to, you know, work with information like this and, and learn how to hold it and, you know, use it well in our life and yeah, not turn it into, um, yeah, maybe a practice or a way of being that, you know, doesn't hold a lot of Shakti or, or isn't, I guess, you know, used in the right way, because I, I do feel that astrology can be an incredible, very effective tool for people to um, orient, I would say, to, yeah, just making, making good decisions in their life. But I, I certainly appreciate, um, you know, what you're asking about. And, and I do see people use it as, I guess, an excuse um, yeah, that's the in their word. life. Because free will is, is so important. And I do believe that, you know, we have the potential to, you know, work with ourselves in ways of, of, you know, growing and, and moving in, in good directions in our life. And certainly, you know, I, I love the idea of, of using the stars as a support system, but not as, yeah, an excuse to, to kind of hold us back or, um, you know, not do something that we should be doing in our life or could be doing in our life as a result of, you know, something we believe or, or have heard. Yeah, exactly. I'm a real advocate for tuning into my own intuition and then empowering others to do that as well. And I feel like even in my Ayurvedic studies and 
my my lifelong Ayurvedic studies, really, you know, as I learn more about myself and my own inner workings. And I do feel like astrology helps me to understand my own inner workings from the language of the cosmos. But anything really can empower us, but also we can give our power away um, to different modalities, especially when we're taking in information for the first time, or I'll speak for myself. Sometimes when I'm learning something new, I get so engulfed in it where I see it as truth. And I've Mm. got to kind of take a step back, take a step back, take a step back and really tune in of like, Ooh, is this really my truth? Is this really resonating? Or am I just eating some, someone else's, um, truth, even if it's 10,000 years old. And, uh, you know, so um, I know that there are a lot of people listening who are very highly sensitive and, and empathic as well, where they can take on sort of the vibrations and emotions and feelings of others. But I see it also in modalities like Ayurveda, people saying, well, I'm pitta, so I can only eat that when really it's like, we've got to look at the whole, (laughs) we got to look at the whole picture here and not just put you in this little pitta box or vata box. And um, I see it with astrology too. So I'm, I'm happy to hear your thoughts on that as well. And that word excuse, using it as a self sabotaging tool to, well, it's Mercury Mercury retrograde, so I'm not going to have that hard conversation. Or it's Mercury retrograde, so I'm not going to launch that, uh, the business. And I do feel like there are a lot of people, they could actually benefit from waiting until after Mercury retrograde. Maybe there are certain people with certain energetic imprints in their chart that would benefit more than others. But I don't feel like it's a it can't, it can't be a blanket statement, you know, just like the full moon. I feel like full moon rituals and people really coming back into the cyclical nature of life is so beautiful to witness right now. But also I feel like it can be more empowering for people to have self-awareness so they know what their full moon ritual needs to look like rather than just taking someone else's. And I feel like this comes down to astrology as well. Like you've got to have this self-awareness and I feel like astrology can be a tool for us to grow our own self-awareness. I know for me, the readings I've had in the past have helped me, help me ground into who I am. That's the best way I can Mm. really say that, like really almost like receiving this validation, but also not using it as a crutch of like, oh, well, these are my shadowy aspects. So that's just who I am and how I am rather than saying, oh, well, I also am an empowered co-creator and I can change and I can be more conscious. So I feel like that's worth noting as well. Absolutely. Kelly, I I love what you said about a blanket statement. And and I do feel that astrology really shines a light on, on just how individual we are and what a unique expression, like each one of us is an expression that will, you know, never be repeated again, essentially. (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah, I, I do feel that it is about, you know, just like you said, it's, it's like how specific can you make that full moon ritual and, and how can you use this information to, um, you know, ultimately, 
participate in the the natural order of you know the universe the astrology is an expression of nature right the planets are an expression of nature in our world and you know the the patterns of the sky can provide for us insight and clarity and you know knowledge essentially about areas in our life so that we can yes just be more conscious and and work with um you know aligning better i think with our destiny i i had that feeling with my very first astrology reading where some things were said to me that were were so true and so potent and and things i knew about myself it wasn't anything that i didn't already know but the fact that this other person yes, yes. <laughs> knew it and was like speaking it to me was so powerful and and i feel like in in many ways it helped me to i don't know just appreciate the the divine orchestration of you know what is happening you know, for us as, as humans incarnated and in this reality and and that there is this bigger picture and, and that just gave me peace. Um, and, and was, and I do believe helped me to accept, you know, on a, um, you know, in a, in a better way, some of the, some of the things in my life that have felt challenging mentioned the word Shakti and that's something I haven't talked about on the podcast and I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk about Shakti um, for those who have never heard that word before or don't know what Shakti is. Absolutely. So um, the word Shakti is a, a Sanskrit word that translates probably most directly as power and so, yeah, when, when something is, is filled with Shakti, it's, it's got, it's got a powerful force and, and, you know, good energy that we can work with in our lives. So I can't remember my reference exactly, but this idea of, um, you know, identifying, I think through astrology, right. Where there is, yes. Um, you know, in a, in a specific moment in life, like what is the, energetic pattern supporting right and and where is the you know the the shakti currently um expressing you know in your life materially physically emotionally um yeah really really good word hey there i know this episode is pretty juicy but i wanted to share some other juicy news with you firstly are you a sensitive empath Or do you even identify with being an intuitive? Do you struggle with knowing what's your energy and what's not your energy? More specifically, do you often feel drained, exhausted, or overwhelmed around others in public spaces? Do you feel like it's a challenge or even a curse to be so sensitive? Well, beloved, I've worked with and helped thousands of empaths all over the world to reclaim their power, step into their gifts, build strong boundaries, and go from seeing their unique gifts as a curse to a blessing in my signature offerings of bespoke intuitive readings and one-on-one intuitive mentorships. You can schedule your one-on-one reading today if you are looking for one potently packed session together or if you're looking to further commit to your healing and awakening journey, I've created a five-session intuitive mentorship just for you. 
You can head to kellyrichintuitive.com right now or click the link in the show notes to schedule your session. I look forward to meeting with you in this sacred time and holding space for you to really uncover and remember your purpose and why you're here and how your sensitivities and your gifts really relate to your purpose. The idea of reading an astrology chart is is taking the, um, the snapshot of the sky pattern as it was when in this moment uh, Kelly was born. And so in order to do this, we take the the exact time of Kelly's birth. We take the place she was born as well as the, the day, the birth date. And so that's the information we need to get a snapshot of the, the sky pattern. And so essentially any moment in time, right? The heavens rotate, um, like the, the turning of a, of a kaleidoscope around us and they create a pattern. And these are patterns in the sky that may not appear again for a millennia, right? These are patterns that are so unique. And so essentially the understanding is that when a spirit incarnates at a moment in time, these patterns present at the moment of birth are going to indicate a very unique course for that person in their life. Um, it's as if the stars are speaking to us and you use this, uh, idea, Kelly, that it's a language, right? And we just have to understand that language to be able to, to read into a person's, um, destiny essentially. And so, um, so what I wish you all could see is this really beautiful map that is the um, expression of, of Kelly in light, essentially. Um, it's a, a map that is made up of 12 constellations. And so all astrology systems have 12 constellations and, and 12 houses. And this is what you all know of as Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, so on and so forth. Um, and before me, I have the constellations overlaid on, on specific houses. And then the planets are, are on top of that as they were when Kelly was born. And so we understand this pictorial representation of the sky pattern as essentially um, the, the journey of Kelly's spirit over a very long time. And we like to give the analogy of a playwright and say that Kelly's spirit wrote a play and hired all of these actors and assigned each actor a specific role and relationship and house ownership to, at the perfect moment in time, be expressed. And so the idea is that, you know, if, if we were all here and we were watching the play of Kelly's life and all of the actors were on stage and they were all singing and dancing and, you know, speaking their lines at the same time, it would be hard to get the point. And so though we're reading this, this sky pattern 
as it um, was at the time of Kelly's birth, we want to know how this information will serve her today. Like, how is it topical? How is the information of our birth going to be relevant to us, you know, in later in life? And so in order to do that, um, there's this really beautiful system in um, in Jyotish called a Dasha system, where there'll be one specific planet that we say is the, the star of Kelly's show. And that that planet holds the, the, the spotlight, right? Holds the mic and is in the spotlight. And so everything that that planet represents um, is going to be what what is really significant for Kelly in her life right now at this time. And so, for example, Kelly, for you, that planet happens to be Jupiter. So you happen to come into a Jupiter cycle when you were just um, 18 years old. It was at the very end of 2007. And so Jupiter for you, Kelly, is a 16-year period of time. And we would say that it has a certain um, influence and and specific way of of bringing certain experiences in your life and opportunities in your life that are going to be colored by the nature of, of Jupiter in your charts. And so just to fast forward a little bit in... Um, I guess about two and a half years from now, it'll be the end of 2023, you'll move out of your Jupiter cycle and you'll come into Saturn. And so um, at that point, we would want to talk all about Saturn and what Saturn means in your chart and what he's doing, because he will at that point be the star of your show. So that's how we use um, astrology in this very topical way to focus in on, you know, what's happening for you right now. But to to kind of start, Kelly, I think with um, before we before we say um, anything about Jupiter, I want to acknowledge that in your astrology chart, you've got this really beautiful astrology chart, and we're always looking for light, of course. And it just so happens, Kelly, that you were born absolutely almost at the point of a completely full moon. And, you know, the moon in the sky, right? We see the fullness of the moon for days, right? There's probably, you know, the day before the full moon and the the day of the full moon and after when anybody who walks out under the night sky is going to be completely captivated by the beauty of the moon and the illumination of the moon. And nobody's going to get so specific, like, oh, that moon isn't totally full, right? But um, but we like to get that specific in astrology and, and really acknowledge like the very moment of the full moon and you Kelly were born very close to that moment that the moon is at its absolute fullness and it's a a really beautiful um, expression Kelly to to be born under that light the moon represents um, in our life essentially our our mind um, it also represents the, the mother in the astrology chart. It's responsible for our, our hormones and the way we orient to, I think, our, I, our likes and our dislikes in, in life. And so they say that being born under a full moon is a really auspicious um, 
sign because it just gives a person a lot of light in their consciousness. So the word in Sanskrit for the moon is, is manas. And manas essentially um, refers to that which measures. Manas means the mind. And it's this idea that we are constantly like measuring our reality um, and our likes and dislikes by our mind and through our mind. And so the moon in the astrology chart is therefore the most responsible for the pain that we experience in our life. And it's also what really pushes us. It's the moon that pushes us um, towards a spiritual path. So essentially like where the moon is and what the moon is doing in the chart is a place where, um, you know, the, the primal mind essentially holds all of the hurts and all of the ways that we are, um, you know, sorrowful in our lives and, and where we haven't received the nourishment that we've needed um, and have experienced pain as a result. And so this is where we do that inner child work is, is through the moon. And it's a full moon for you, Kelly. And so there's this really beautiful idea that regardless of, you know, what has been challenging and, you know, where the nourishment maybe didn't totally come through um, and where the sensitivities have developed, that there is this incredible light that shines through your consciousness. And there's this real ability for you to be able to work with anything right, that comes your way. And to, in fact, turn any kind of, you know, challenge around this area into um, spiritual growth in your life. And not only your own spiritual growth, Kelly, but your ability to guide others and to be a leader. Um, there's some really extraordinary combinations in your chart that, that bring forward this idea of you as a leader, um, especially in the spiritual domain. And one of the ways that that really comes forward is so you've got this gorgeous, beautiful full moon and then um, completely opposite um, in the chart is your sun, right? And so in order to have a full moon, the sun and the moon have to be almost 180 degrees apart from each other, which they are in your charts. And um, your sun, therefore, is in your first house. You, you have in your first house, Kelly, you have Mars and Mercury and the sun and another planet known as K2. So as well as the ascendant, because the ascendant is always in the first house. So you, girl, have this action packed first house. And to let you all know what that means, essentially, the first house represents our, our body and our personality. The first house is where we read the character and kind of the colorations of a, a person's expression. It's essentially how the world sees you is through the first house. And so when a person has a number of influences on the first house, right, they are going to be very dynamic. In this case, Kelly, um, a lot of I would say for you, especially incredible intelligence, right? And something just very dynamic about the way you do you in the world. There's also this idea that when we get confluence, which is seen through many planets that are in one area of the astrology chart, um, because you've got four representations here, including the ascendant, we would say five, that there's just 
there's definitely going to be a lot of Shakti, Kelly. There's going to be a lot of power kind of in the way you are um, received in the way that you are seen in the world in a certain capacity that you hold to be able to do the work that you do in the world. And also, you know, perhaps challenge because essentially the entire sky is made up of like 360 degrees and Kelly, this formation in your chart is happening within about 26 degrees. So you've got a, a lot of confluence, a lot of Shakti, a lot of power happening within a very small sliver of the zodiac. <laughs> and then what that tends to express as is, is um, you know, some really clear talents and some really clear skills that you have and that you hold and that you work with in your life, as well as um, I read this, Kelly, as like a very clear destiny pattern. I do feel, you know, and this is a conversation we have in astrology very often, um, you know, how much free will does a person have, right? Everybody kind of wants to know, especially when we're talking about astrology, right? And I do feel that my years of study have brought me to the conclusion that, that different spirits have different degrees of free will. And that for some of us, we do really come into this life with a very clear destiny pattern. And as a result, specific events that will happen in our life that are just meant to happen and that it wouldn't have been a different way and shouldn't have been a different way. And so essentially we arrive here with a, a very clear path to walk. And I feel that your chart has that expression. Do you want to say something about that, Kelly? Yes. So I'm feeling so many feelings and I'm really just drinking in everything you're saying, especially around the, the destiny piece. You know, that makes my, I feel like that makes my mind explode a bit of like, whoa, whoa, what, what is it? What's my destiny? What have I been living that's, that's been my destiny? And, and what is ahead that is my destiny? And this part of, of hearing you speak of this first house and this is like, I know nothing about this. So having this level of Shakti in the way that I'm seen in the world and then also the challenges that can come with it. I feel like that has been a dynamic, there's that word again, in my life and this sort of like dance between how can I be comfortable being seen in the world? I feel like I'm processing so much, but this this is all aligning so very much. And um, I was also born during a lunar eclipse. I'm not sure if that's visible uh, from your perspective. Um, well, we can definitely see it here in the chart, yes. Um well, yeah, so the eclipse is, is a very unique moment in time where, you know, in the, in the case of a lunar eclipse, and so in order to have a lunar eclipse in an astrology chart, a person has to be born under a full moon because the, the lunar eclipse can only happen on a full moon. And essentially what it does, Kelly, I mean, there's a lot here, but, but we could say for our purposes that it strengthens um, this access point known as, as Rahu Ketu. 
And K2 is, is another, it's, it's not necessarily, K2 isn't a planet, but it's a mathematical configuration that's in your astrology chart, in everybody's astrology chart. And so in your first house, K2 is one of the, the characters in your first house. And K2 is this, um, he's kind of, well, he's the point of um, liberation in the astrology chart. He represents um, the word is moksha in Sanskrit, which is this idea of, of um, a soul's journey towards, you know, kind of spiritual evolution. And so they say that, you know, K2 can really bring into a person's life um, a deep desire for freedom. And K2 gets represented as kind of a bohemian or, um, you know, someone who is very spiritually oriented in their life and someone who has the ability to, to channel a person who has a very strong intuition, um, like this kind of bliss consciousness and very mystical Kelly in their orientation. Right. And they say that that when you can really, you know, surrender essentially, because they do say that K2 represents this idea of, of really being able to surrender to the divine, especially um, in our lives. And that if, if a person can really do that, if, if they've got strong K2 energy, and we would say yours is very strong, um, that there is this potential to um to allow magic to come through. And um K2 can also give a person, which this would be an interesting piece to ask you about, Kelly. It's the one kind of challenge around K2 is he can orient a person towards really intensive perfectionism because they say that K2 has this feeling of, because he's so oriented towards divine consciousness and, and spiritual growth, um, that K2 can have this feeling of this idea that only God will do or only the divine will do. And so everything in life kind of gets held to that measure. And then that that level of, of perfectionism can be something that a person is challenged with in their life. Yeah, I've, that, <laughs> yeah that's something I've worked with for a long time and still am I feel like the the medicinal bomb is is surrendering almost like surrendering to perfectionism but not letting it rule me or rule my life and more so kind of befriending it because I've tried to attack it and fight it and and that hasn't worked so I feel like befriending it and just noticing the parts of me that want things to be perfect or divine expressions is, is kind of how I'll, or I used to mask it as well. Well, this is just me being me in reality. It's like, well, how is this holding you back? Or how is this, how is this getting in the way of you channeling your life from the divine? Because I feel like perfectionism can sometimes hold me back. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think the idea here is, is definitely they say K2 comes to, to teach us to surrender mm-hmm. and to, to trust in, yeah, the kind of the unfolding of uh, a greater process that is bigger than us in our life. Um, absolutely. 
no, it's, it's quite a force. And, you know, speaking of K2, I think it's, it's really interesting. You're, you're, so all of these plans, this whole combination in your first house is all taking place in Leo. Um, so a lot of energy here around, you know, fire certainly, and, and everything that Leo represents as far as, you know, the, the power and the leadership and this kind of brilliant, radiant, independent way of, um, you know, doing the world. Um, you know, they say Leo's really have this capacity to mold and shape their environment. And, um, and particularly, so K2 and the sun, right? Both here in your first house um, in Leo at a specific degree, Kelly, because we divide the each constellation. So we've got the constellation of Leo and we divide it into three parts. And each part gets governed by specific um, qualities. And so um, K2 and, and the sun are at the very beginning degrees of Leo. And as a result, they are both um, invoking this star, which is referred to as a star of glory or a star of opportunity. And they say it's actually Regulus in the night sky, the star Regulus. And in in Latin, that gets translated as the little king <laughs> or the kingly one. And so this idea, Leo in general, we get this idea of, of you know, a, a king, right? Like one lion, um, one goal, but particularly um, these degrees of Leo, Kelly, this really gets brought forward and, and these ideas of, of leadership are really strong. But some of the meanings here that I thought were, were really cool that you would appreciate is that this invokes in a person a, a really powerful um, lineage, so to speak, and this idea that a uh, um, that you would have a really strong bond to, to relatives in your life, and to you know blood relatives, yes, but even just like a tribe, you know, people in your life who is. Um, family-like. So this could be groups, you know, these could be friendships, right? This could be, um, you know, the community that you're developing, right? And really honoring those people and, you know, you yourself having a, a real reverence um, for these, you know, tribal-like people in your life. It also brings forward this idea that it gives somebody, Kelly, like, the lineage, the idea of the lineage gives a person the ability to, um, you know, connect deeply to ancestors, um, especially those who have um, disincarnated and, and passed on. They say that um, this part of Leo um, will, will give a person kind of like guardian angels in their life or the ability to speak to spirits and to communicate with spirits and, um, and use them as real forces of, of support. And yeah, just a, a really, it's a, it's a really good link to have really, yeah, just beautiful and, uh, yeah. Yeah, special. So anyhow, I did want to point that out. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> I feel like that's what I do all day long is just communicating with spirit and spirits. And the past few years specifically, I have felt more drawn to connecting with my ancestors 
And I often have, and I've talked about this, I think in at least one or two other episodes where my great grandmother, Mary, who has passed on, she comes into my session sometimes, uh, my intuitive readings, and will give me information about the person that I'm with or will let me know what my day is going to be like. And I see her and feel her all the time. And I feel like the more that I do this dance with her between dimensions, the stronger our relationship gets. And the same with my father. I feel so connected to, I feel more connected to my father now that he's passed than when he was alive. And I have so much clarity and comfort and ease knowing that they are on the other side and that I can communicate with them anytime. And to the fact that this is showing up in my chart, um, I feel like it's going to give me, I have to take some time to really digest that too, because to me, that comes down to that word again of destiny. You know, mm-hmm. was I, was I destined to do this work for myself and for others and helping them connect to the other side and channeling and giving them information? Or did I decide that? Did I choose that? Or was it chosen for me? Or did I choose it before I came? So these are all the things that are coming up for me as you, as you say this. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this really brings forward. um, Yeah, this idea of of a certain, yeah, responsibility, Kelly, comes through this, um, this kind of expression. And yeah, I would definitely say that this would link strongly to, you know, an expression of, yeah, you are walking your destiny and that this is very much what you have come here to, to do and develop. Was it the right? You said star regulus. Yeah. Regulus. Mm-hmm. Which it's the brightest. It's one of the brightest stars in the night sky. So it's, it's quite spectacular. Bringing forward a lot of light. Well, I will just say, I, I, I kind of can't totally remember what I was going to say, but it does feel, I mean, to me, it feels like you hold even a spiritual lineage right? That the, you know, that the bloodline is significant. Oh, here it is. I was, um, I had a spiritual teacher explain to me once that certain spirits incarnate, um, you know, are born again into um, families that they, um, you know, of other spirits who you've been traveling with for many, many lifetimes, Mm -hmm. right? That that is possible, right? That some of us, you know, are, in a family with, you know, different characters who we have known for a long time, right? But that it isn't true for all of us. And I feel like this placement in Leo, um, Kelly really suggests that idea that the people that, especially in your bloodline, like you spoke about this aunt and your father, right? Are people that you have known for a very long time. And, you know, perhaps that are yeah, spirits that have been a part of a, a longer part of your journey. And yeah, that this expression of, you know, who they were in this life and and what that was for you, um, you know, in this current lifetime is, is very specific, but in relation to a, a much bigger picture. I feel that deeply in my bones, the, I know I mentioned to you I had a Jyotish reading before and I didn't remember much and 
That's that's true. And the one thing that I do remember from that that I don't know if I'll ever forget was the way this man spoke to me about, I don't know the language, but looking at different parts of my chart and saying, like, he was surprised that I was even sitting there with him based on what my chart said about all that I had gone through and that most people with, I don't, again, I don't know what it was about my chart, but most people with certain things in my chart were deeply in addictions or really, really, really struggling and that they were struggling, often struggle so much that they wouldn't even have in their consciousness, like let's have an astrology reading. And that really hit me in my heart, like very, very deeply and for many different reasons. But the thing that's coming up right now is you share about my bloodline and having many lifetimes with a lot of them. I've known this for a long time and I don't know how else to describe it other than I just know it. I just know it to be true, particularly my father and his death when I was a child really changed my life. And that experience of him passing on and him being murdered essentially brought up so much that as the deeper I go into that relationship with him, the more I think about how easy it would have been for me to just simply check out and to, you know, just stay in the realm of doing drugs and numbing myself and that really calling. I don't even know if it was a choice. It was a calling. It almost felt like a destiny to completely quit all of that stuff. Like it, it feels like a contract with him that he, like I was supposed to have that experience that I don't even want to, I don't really want to say this, but there is a part of me that feels like he was supposed to die that night in that way, in that tragedy, so that I could learn from it, from this experience. And just hearing you say, you know, perhaps I've been traveling with people for many lifetimes, like he's the one who comes up and I don't know if I'd be here today where I am uh, without that experience. Well, and you know what's so fascinating about that, Kelly, is that, you know, the son is the the signification, it like signifies the father in the astrology chart. And so this is, we're talking about your son, right? This is happening through your son. Whoa. Um, it's your son that is in that star. And so, yes, very, very connected to, um, yeah, the idea that it it was your father, it is your father. Um, and I love it too, because the son also represents our soul. And I know that, you know, this idea of, um, you know, that influence really, yeah, informing your soul's work and, um, yeah, what you have brought for other people and what you are waking up in other people. It's all kind of connected to the same point of light. Wow. And I will just say, I mean, I appreciate what that astrologer said. And I also see, I mean, it's so clear here because, um, because of the fact that your son is in Leo um, and it's all happening in the first house. I mean, there's this idea, Kelly, that you are this incredible utilizer and, and it's a combination when we have a, a planet in its own sign in the first house. And in this case, it's your son. 
you know, that you have this ability um, to make lemonade out of lemons and you've got this incredible ability to, you know, not only work with your gifts and your talents and talents, but to, you know, meet the obstacles in your life head on and learn from them and grow from them and turn around and teach others to do the same. And so, you know, with that presentation, I mean, I definitely see the intensity here and, you know, that you're working with a lot of energy, but I have no doubt in my mind based on that principle that you completely are capable of um, navigating anything that gets, you know, delivered um, to you. And, and working with it well. Wow, that just hit me really through my heart. <laughs> Hearing that, I feel like I needed to hear that in this moment. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a whirlwind in my life professionally. And remembering this, I can make lemonade out of lemons is important. And I feel like I've been getting that message ever since I first started my business many five about five or six years ago and you know people have come up to me and, and with joy and with kindness but saying like how do you do it all and how come everything you touch turns to gold and how come you can do this and how do you create this and wow how'd you you just did it again and you're selling this out and there has been a part of me that's like almost felt guilty about it like what's so special about me like why do I deserve this like why how come and and just hearing you say that just based on my chart, I mean, like, this is the first time we're really speaking that we've even seen each other. It's not like you, we've, we've <laughs> known each other for a long time. So right. to me, like, that's just so interesting as well. Like my mind is exploding and my heart is just exploding as well. So I'm just sitting in it. I'm sitting in all the feels. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's quite a chart, my darling. We'll say that. <laughs> You mentioned Jupiter in the beginning and how I was, I think I have until 2023 and then I move into Saturn. What does Mm. Jupiter, what does that mean? Well, in a real overarching way, you know, Jupiter in, um, you know, in a chart for everyone, he is... Well, his name in Sanskrit is Guru. So Jupiter is this teacher planet. And again, you came into this energetic force when you were 18 years old. Um, So Jupiter just, he's very expansive, right? When people enter into a Jupiter time in life, there can be, um, you know, tremendous expansion. He represents educational institutions and learning and teaching. And so this idea of, you know, not only you as a teacher, Kelly, but you as a student as well, and, you know, real time in your life of learning and developing yourself. Um, He's also um, represents uh, kind of our, our spiritual growth and our spiritual path. So when people have a, a Jupiter um, cycle, right, these, all of these things can be, can be brought forward in, in really strong ways. And just to, to let everyone know that we all are in different places um, in regards to like what planet is, is dominating the chart. So, you know, Kelly, you're running Jupiter from 18 to, to 34, but certain people, you know, will run Jupiter in their eighties. Right. So it's, it's different for everyone. Like when this consciousness kind of presents itself in, in life, 
Um, Jupiter for you, Kelly, also happens to invoke the part of your astrology chart that is related to the occult. And so bringing forward um, any kind of mystical understanding of reality, it's where we read Ayurveda in the astrology chart and yoga in the astrology chart. Anything that has come through an oral tradition essentially is, is brought through the placement that Jupiter is invoking in your chart. And he's also um, in a, a part of your chart in particular that is very much related to your goals and your hopes and your dreams, um, groups and, and clubs and societies and, and this kind of idea of, um, you know, like a networking <laughs> capacity. So we would say, and, and very much, very much connected to your creative intelligence, right? So we would have read this period for you, Kelly, as having a lot to do with, um, you know, creative expression and birthing ideas um, and, and kind of working with yourself in that way. Jupiter is also very skillful in your chart and, and this idea of you honing skills during this period of your life and developing skills um, are some of the things that that would have been really um, highlighted, I would say, during the this Jupiter cycle, and you know, will continue to be for the next couple of years. Wow! Yeah, that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I've been a professional student since I was. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have been interested to to know, like, am this am I always going to be like this? Is this going to end? Or, um, because it's also well, expensive too to be a student, you know. Like, <laughs> it's so so many resources. Um, but it's it's good to know that you know I've got I'll be thirty two soon, so I've got two more years, and then Saturn. So um, I think the last question really is just like what is what is on the horizon with Saturn, and um, more specifically, I don't know if you see anything like with my work. Most of the time I've got so many ideas and I've got to like rein it in and focus on what matters instead of like putting energy in all to these different ba baskets, like trying to write a book and then building this thing and building a course and seeing people one-on-one -on -one and then doing retreats. Like, so I don't know if you can speak on that too. And then with Saturn, but that's really my, that's my last question for you. Well, perfect. Saturn is definitely like, it's so great how the cosmos are organized because everyone, you know, will run a Jupiter period and then Saturn will always follow Jupiter. And it's just the way it is. And Jupiter is this very expansive energy, like just like you're saying, right, where there's all these ideas and all this potential and like, you know, it's really fun to, to be in a Jupiter cycle. And then Saturn is contraction, right? He's a completely different force. And um, so essentially, you know, I think Jupiter is a, a time for all of us to, to, um, you know, work with all the potential and all the ideas. And then Saturn will bring it, um, you know, into focus for you, Kelly. It'll definitely help you to, um, you know, hone in, I think, on you know, a little more specific as towards like what it is to, um, you know, that is worthy of your energy and your time and your focus. Saturn is all about duty and responsibility and like really hard work, but the kind of work that is like good, right? The kind of work that is like 
building your character. <laughs> and so um, any time, um, Kelly, like for example, I have this, this hospital in India, this Ayurveda hospital that I'm connected to, um, this beloved place called Vajagrama and, and they're doing really good work in the world. And all of the, um, all of the women who are, you know, really the ones kind of running the show, they're all running their Saturn cycles. <laughs> And when I found that out as an astrologer, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. But it really made me understand that like in order to get anything probably done in our life, we need the, the force of Saturn, the duty of Saturn, the responsibility of Saturn to help us like make it happen. So I think this cycle that you run from 34 to, to 53 will be incredibly productive. Um, you know, Saturn is definitely slow and methodical in the way he works with us, but, um, but he can really get things done. Um, and, you know, for you, he's in your astrology chart in your house of children. So there'll probably be lots of children in your life as well as, um, as, as he sits in the house of creative intelligence. So I think whatever it is, right, it's, it's going to continue to have, you know, a very incredible, um, creative flow to it, but successful, um, Kelly will, will be the the theme <laughs> very successful creative time in your life wow i this has been so insightful and helpful for me i hope everyone listening can feel that energy it's i'm i feel like i'm in sitting in a bubble of light right now of illumination and Ah, I feel like I I just need to like go lay in in the ocean for a while just to process everything. And Emily, do you want to share where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely, Kelly. So my website is is my name. It's Emily L. Glasser. So E M I L Y L G L A S E R dot com. And um, that's also my Instagram handle. And I would love to yeah be connected. Wonderful. Do you have any recommendations on resources for people like a favorite book or um, anything, a podcast on Jyotish astrology where people could learn? Gosh, Kelly, you know, in this tradition, I've, I've worked like one-on-one with a teacher for 10 years. Um, We do use a book. I mean, if, if somebody's like feeling really called, there's a book called light on life written by Hart Defoe. It's not a simple book. It's not an easy book. Um, but it's definitely, um, a very, like it's our textbook essentially. And it is, um, filled with, information that'll that'll keep you wanting to to learn more for a really long time so I can give that as a resource beautiful I to me there's something so sacred about not having a thousand different books and a hundred different podcasts and Mm. all these resources to learn I feel like there's a a magic and a little bit of mystery when (laughs) you you've got to find sources that are not that saying if there are a hundred different podcasts or thousands of different books that they're not real, but I don't know. There's something so 
magical about hearing that you've learned one-on-one for 10 years and that it's not just like another course that you can sign up for $29.99 and then get the free da 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 you know? Nice. Um, so, wow. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, I think that's it. I just want to thank you, Kelly, for the opportunity. This has been super fun. Um, really appreciate our, our conversation. What an honor to have you a part of this growing global community. Thank you for your loving presence. You can schedule your next one-on-one intuitive reading or mentorship with me or register for an upcoming event, training, or retreat at my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at kellyrichintuitive and both of those links are right in the episode notes. I can't wait to meet you. If you got something from today's show, please support the Own Your Intuition podcast by hitting the subscribe button and write a five-star review. You can also share with your loved ones. Next week, I'll be back with a fresh new episode.